All right, welcome to another podcast for U.S. History Repeated, and we are back at it today with our discussion of the automobile and how it impacted society. We are picking up with World War II and the auto industry. Most people don't realize the impact that the auto industry had on the war effort and how the war changed the way people looked at cars. American GIs returned from World War II and were driving tanks and flying airplanes overseas. They're seeing European sports cars. The American automobile industry had to liven things up. As you travel through the decades, you can see American pop culture present within the cars available at the time. The style, the colors, the new frills that cars had, like tape players, CD players, cars like the pickup truck, the station wagon, the minivan, all called to different people with different needs for their cars. Now we continue with our conversation. Jeannie, take it away. During World War II, the automobile industry really, you know, kind of shut down. They stopped producing cars and they started making war materials. And one of the things that I find so interesting that, you know, the automobile industry produced about $30 billion worth of war goods, things that you probably wouldn't even imagine. Uh, You know, Chrysler, for example, helped to build parts of the B-29 bomber that dropped the atomic bomb on Japan, the Enola Gay. Um, They're making anti-aircraft guns. They're making torpedoes. And about 20% of the war materials that the United States produced was made by the automobile industry. And when you think about it, I mean, my grandfather included, he didn't have a driver's license. He didn't didn't drive. But I mean, these, these are men who are, they're driving tanks, they're flying airplanes, they're, you know, on warships. And when the war is over, how does the car, you know, how does the car industry change after World War II? Well, I think I'd like to expand on what you were talking about. There is that the the automobile industry really, uh, I think, in a large way, was responsible for the victory in World War II because we outbuilt them. We just built more planes, more tanks, more everything because of our capacity for the automobile industry and the pre-war number of cars we were pumping out. So uh, the we had all of this manufacturing capability right there and uh, it easily converted to, uh, you know, to war uh, equipment and uh, we just had more of them and better. So uh, that's, uh, I think that's a, a really important thing that uh, the automotive industry really helped with. Um, so yeah, it, it, it did. And the, the funny thing is, I think about that is once again, here we have people who, you know, the guys who fought in there were, you know, they were farm guys and they, they hadn't been around much. And all of a sudden they went to Europe or they went to Asia and they saw things over there that, Oh my God, here's how these people live and look at this. And they found sports cars. So they got back here. And the cars, while they were reliable and, and efficient and everything that Detroit was making, they were pretty boring uh, for this, the period right after the war. They were really just a continuation of what they were making before the war. So these guys, and, and in, in addition to seeing what was over there, they got a taste for adventure. You know, they kind of like to have some fun and, and do things. So uh, they started importing English sports cars. And uh, that started, I think, the diversification of the model lineup that uh, manufacturers would offer. So they would offer, 
you know, they offer the standard sedan, but then, oh, we, you know, now that we've got more and more people with more and more kids, we've got to have a station wagon. And, but yet mom wants a convertible and dad wants a, uh, some kind of sports car. So pretty soon we ended up with all these different models um, based on, I think that, that uh, desire to have more fun because I think the car helped people, particularly in the 50s, go from living to work, okay? They lived to work, to working to live. Increased economic situation. They could afford these things. And uh, they, they went out and they spent money, you know, and they bought, they wanted a Corvette. Guy went and bought a Corvette. You know? Well, there was no Corvette in the 30s or even the 40s. Um, so uh, that expanded our lifestyles, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, brought greater variety, not only to the showroom, but to the neighborhood. And, you know, all of those things had an impact from those GIs coming back from World War II. Uh, I, I, I'm always aware of that, that, God, they, those guys came back with such a worldview that they never yeah. had before. Absolutely. And, they had a sense of confidence. They won. You know, they went out there and they did the job. They did it successfully. So they had, a, they maybe had a chip on their shoulders, but, you know, they were kind of swaggering around. They'd done it and uh, they decided to live it up. So yeah. uh, that, that, that we're still feeling that, you know, that added to our national personality, I think. And I think that notion of working to live is very much a European concept. I know when I, we go, you know, my family and I, we visit relatives in, in that live in Greece and we stay at our family home there. I mean, I remember one, when you were there, the electricity went out in the entire town and the one man who could fix it, no sense of urgency whatsoever. He was just sipping his coffee and everybody's <laughs> like, are you going to fix it? And he's like, it, you know, I'm like, I'll get to it. That's very much a European concept, I feel. Very different here. That's right. I think they're more defined by what they do, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, than we are. You know, I think that, and again, I think that's an advantage. We're, our, we are not defined by, oh, I am a baker. Oh, I am an electrician. Well, yeah, but you can do other things too, you know. Um, and that's not how you identify yourself. That's your occupation. That's not you. It's your occupation. What would you say was the biggest change that the post-World War II era brought to the automobile industry? Sense of uh, the future and self-confidence and uh, the desire to be different. That's where styling really took off. A lot of automotive styling picked right up there, you know. Um, And and the the automobile industry, uh, GM and Ford, Hutzel Ford started the first design department in the late, well, let's see, that was before the war. But then, of course, it all came to a screeching halt. But that whole idea of design just blossomed after the war. You know, a lot of aircraft design features, seeing the cars, you know, uh, moving fast, very modern. Uh, John likes to say, John always says that people wanted to live in the future, right? And that was a 
big, you know, coming back after the war. These guys have been flying planes, driving tanks. They were movers and shakers over there. They come back. There's an old stodgy four-door four uh, 40s era car, right? Well, they wanted modern, you know. Um, and I think it was a huge, huge impact. The other post post-war thing that happened was really the American family because all the families were being born, right? And with the cars, the station wagon, uh, and I and I were talking about this before, about cars had specific purposes, right? Like it was a family station wagon, right? Or it was a hot sports car, convertible, right? Um, so they had real purpose in the 50s. You know, those cars were just remarkable. There was a huge uh, change in our culture. McDonald's, right? Came up with McDonald's started to happen, uh, color, uh, comfort, interiors, soft tops, uh, all the, and then all the advertising blossoming with all this full color. Um, it, it was, and people, suburbia, right? Moving into the suburb, moving from, uh, from farming to suburb. Very optimistic time that uh, people had a, you know, a real vision of a better tomorrow and all of these things that just life was just going to keep getting better. And uh, they, uh, they lived it, you know, they, uh, they had uh, maybe a little touch of instant gratification. And perhaps that came from surviving World War II and realizing you were that close, you know, you, you sure. could not have made it. Yeah. And so maybe those guys came back with that sense of, well, you know, I want it, I'm going to get it. And yeah. uh, maybe that added to the. I agree the, with you. The, I think you're right. I mean, think about the 20 years before that people were, they had lived through the great depression. They had lived through world war two. I mean, if you take just the sheer glimpse that we have had with hard times, the last two or three years, right. With COVID. And you think about how life changed for people. It was nothing compared to what people no. lived through in the 1930s and the 1940s. And you, and you look at right. You know, the perception that people have today of, I can't wait to travel. I can't wait to go places. I can't wait to see people and, and, and speak with them and, and do things and experience life. And they, they, I mean, they suffered way more. I mean, what, what, we had to stay on our couch, right? You had to stay on your couch. You had to stay on your house. You had to stay on your couch. You weren't waging war against fascist dictators in Europe and you didn't suffer a huge economic crisis. It was a big difference. Yep. Yep. That's right. That's right. And, you know, those things, too. I mean, they had gone through years of self-denial during the, the Depression. And then during the war years, you know, gas was rationed. You could, you know, all, all the, the um, all the supplies that uh, were made were the same materials they needed to to, to uh, uh, supply the war effort were restricted. So now we won. We come home. Okay, I deserve it because I put up with all this crap for 10 years or so. Let's go. And yeah. off it went. Yeah. So you have things like, you know, you have McDonald's on the list, but you have, you know, drive-in restaurants. You have yep. uh, drive-in movie theaters. You have all of these fun yep. leisure activities that, yes, that Even revolve around the automobile. Yep. Right. So they're out in their car because they also began to have a sense of that car represents them. They're out among people, but what do they see? Do they really see the driver? Well, from, you know, shoulders up, 
but they see the car. So people, you know, we always make a judgment about somebody in five seconds. Boom, boom. We look at them and okay, we, we already got them typecast. There's the car. They don't see the person. They see the car. So people pick the car that they want to project the image they want to project. Yeah, the colors of the cars, color, whatever, all those things enter into it. But we don't, we don't have those same concerns when we go out and buy a new lawnmower. No, you know, and that's an appliance too. You know, no, it's the car. It's the car. We want that car to be representative of what how we what we think we are. So that that enters in too. So there, there's more uh, need for the diversity of all the different models and the different price ranges and all of that. One of the things that you had mentioned, which I thought was so interesting on, you know, this list that you shared with me, you know, throughout the 1960s and the 1970s, there is this concept of music culture being, you know, directly connected to the car culture. Can you talk about that a little bit? During that time, that was part of the blossoming out, I think, of the 60s was people were you know, you think about the Beatles, you know, what a revolution that was when they came into uh, view really internationally, you know, I mean, it was huge. And then, yeah, and then it just exploded even more after that. And so, yeah, that whole culture was huge. And a lot of music was written about cars. There was a lot of car music, Beach Boys, you know, a lot of different groups talked specifically about a car in the in the songs that they wrote you know um yeah fun 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 to your daddy takes a t-bird away right but you know i I think there were there were two car oriented music genres one was the beach boys car coming from california part of the lifestyle you know surfing and riding in our woody and the hot rod and a little honda scooter and everything so the beach boys on one hand and on the other hand, the Grateful Dead, because the people who went to Grateful Dead concerts weren't driving GTOs. They weren't driving sports cars. They were driving VW buses. And a VW bus is the antithesis of a Power GTO. You know, two uh, different musical genres that could be represented by automobiles. So that, that and I, I always think that's kind of interesting that, it, that maybe the, the Grateful Dead people were kind of reacting to the uh, strong uh, uh, mechanical orientation of the Beach Boys and uh, Jan and Dean and all of the other um, hard rock stuff, because a lot of the musicians were car guys. But then there's this whole other part of it that out hugging trees. So they're not going to be putting premium gas in their cars, you know, so they're different things. So interesting. I've just so enjoyed our conversation today and I can't thank you enough for your time and your knowledge and your expertise that you shared with me and, and our listeners. It was just so interesting today. So thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation. Well, thank you for having us. And I hope more of our listeners will check out the, uh, the Gilmore car museum because you guys have such an incredible collection. All right. Thank you very much. Definitely check out the Gilmore Car Museum in Michigan if you get the chance. The museum sits on 90 acres and has hundreds of cars. They also run a number of wonderful events where visitors are able to take a ride in some of the vintage cars they have in the museum from the 1920s through the 1980s. It's a slice of history that you can be a part of. Next time you're driving your car 
on the open road, or while you're sitting in traffic, think about how different life would be if this one invention had never been made. Put the top down, roll down your windows, put on some music, look out of the windows, and take in all that came to be because of the car. Thanks for listening to U.S. History Repeated. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Parlor. Visit our website, ushistoryrepeated.com, and subscribe to our podcast. There's always more to learn. Talk to you soon.